Welcome, ghouls and goblins, to James Explores the New Mutants Halloween Special. I am James, and my issue-by-issue issue exploration of the New Mutants has been put on hold so that we might celebrate Halloween in style. <laughs> Today we will explore Limbo, its demon sorcerer ruler, Belasco, and his kidnapping of the innocent young Ileana Rasputin whose soul will be corrupted forever. Yes, Ileana is set to become a major player in New Mutants and will be really set into motion. The events of Inferno. Yes, today will be spooktacular. <laughs> I hope you didn't think I was going to continue to use that cre- creepy voice the entire podcast. I just don't think I could sustain it for that long. It would be really taxing, and it might get annoying for you, the listeners. That being said, I'm, I also want to make a quick note. We're not going to cover creative teams this week. I've got five issues to get through, and I want to do that as quickly as possible with giving you, the listeners, as much information as possible. That's really important. So I think I'll just do it with skip the creative teams. I can post those um, on my Facebook page uh, if if listeners are interested. So... These five issue, well, it's four issue miniseries and Uncanny X Men 160 is what we're covering today. And if you are a fan of New Mutants and you haven't read these issues, I highly recommend you do. Uh, it, it gives you all of the information you need to really understand uh, Ileana's backstory and history. And, you know, it, Ileana becomes a major player in the X Men story arcs. And, uh, X-Men chronology in the 80s and especially in New Mutants she's the main character for most of the issues really driving stories forward playing a major role on the team and eventually is like one of the major players in the Inferno crossover you know which is a hugely successful crossover for the X-Men so if you're a fan of any of those things, Inferno, Ileana, The New Mutants, X-Men, I highly recommend this miniseries. It's just so well done. It is really, really superbly written, and the story is kind of fitting in this time of the Me Too movement. And I'm going to bring that up only in that, like, this story has new meaning when you tie it to present circumstances. It's interesting, and the story just maintains relevance. You get to see how Ileana, through these issues, how and why Ileana is, how, who and what she is. And 
really, it's just, it's really wonderful. It's really cool to see it and um, kind of creepy, kind of disgusting in some ways too. So that being said, we're going to cover the, the five issues. I'm going to start with the miniseries, jump into uh, 160, X, Uncanny X-Men 160, and then back into the miniseries. So be a little bit of jumping around, but I'll try to make those Dino try to let you the listeners know so that you're not shocked by it that being said let's dive right into our first issue of the miniseries issue number one entitled little girl lost so this first page in my opinion is really 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 amazing really well done uh, it's the coloring on it is superb and it's really just establishing uh just setting up the story okay so what we see in the first panel is a wide shot of Xavier's grounds and a human like some little speck on a on a cliff overlooking a valley and that's that's Ileana and we know it's Xavier grounds because we see the pool and the mansion and the trees so this you know she's back with at the mansion and you know we get close-up shots of her she's staring off into the into the sky out into this valley just in thought just deep in thought and and this this scene is so perfect like i said it's there's this pink hues to the to the page and that's because the sun is setting and so it's dusk and the pink hues didn't make just and the long shadows and these pink hues really set the tone, like this remorseful, sad, long, lonely, like just lost sense to this. And what Ileana's doing, she's thinking of her past. She's thinking how she, how did she get to become, how did she get here? And she tells, you know, through her narration, we discover that, you know, if we didn't know already, that her brother joined the X-Men. He was invited there because he was immune. And he was convinced to do this because he wanted to use his powers for, to help all of humanity, not just Mother Russia. And that's why he joined Xavier and the X-Men. And Ileana, if she would have stayed in Siberia instead of coming to America with her brother, coming and staying at the Xavier School for gifted students, uh, <clears throat> she would be uh, eight years old. Today, in this issue, it's her birthday. She'd be eight years old if she'd stayed at home. At least that's what she thinks. Who knows what would have really happened. But instead, she's now 14, so... Well, it should be eight. She should be eight. She's 14 years old. So something has happened to cause her to age rapidly. I mean, extremely, like in a blink of an eye, rapidly. And she's holding something in her hand. She's thinking about this stuff. And we see a shot in the next panel of what she's holding. It's a medallion or some amulet or a a locket and it's open in her hand and inside this locket there's a pentagram a blue pentagram and on three of the pentagrams points there are these red stones we don't know what they are yet but we're going to come out to find out that they're blood stones and two of the points there is no stones at all and she gives us you know she tells us in this panel that she has been spent half of her life on earth 
and the other in hell, consorting with devils. And then in the next panel, we see a shot, a profile of her face, and there's a tear running down her cheek. She is mourning, really kind of her lost childhood, her lost innocence. I'm Eliana Rasputin, humanity's savior or the means of its eternal damnation. And she, she's going to tell us, in this moment, we're going to hear all of her story. We the readers. She shared this with no one. She thinks back to the day that she was taken from her brother. And this is, there's, there's a beautiful, the next page is two pages. It's a giant splash and it covers, it's a brief, brief summary of 160, 160, X-Men 160. And instead of spending a lot of time on this page, I'm just going to jump into X-Men, uh, X-Men, <coughs> X-Men, uh, 160. Uncanny X-Men 160 is titled Shoots and Ladders. In this very first page is a splash page. Uh, In this view screen or viewing pool, more likely, we see the X-Men and Ileana, and they are they're located on Octopusheim. This is an old Magneto base. The X-Men are now using it. Uh, That's important it's only important to the story because that's where uh, the X-Men are located at this point in time in X-Men continuity. There's something or someone watching the X-Men from this viewing pool. There's a red hand with long red talons. It's hand, this hand is resting on the side of the viewing pool. The viewing pool looks to be made out of like some sort of bone and there's like snakes and lizards crawling around it. The red hand has a gold ring and a gold bracelet on its wrist. And that's all we see. We, we don't know who, what this is. This creature is taken with the X-Men though. Doesn't understand why they're fighting. Obviously the X-Men are training. And this creature, this thing, this person is not located on Earth that we know of. It's somewhere, somewhen else. And this creature continues to watch the X-Men train. And and Ileana is Peter's younger sister. She's with the X-Men on Octopus Heim. She is just sitting there watching them as they train. This is pretty common for her. She's sat in the danger room room control booth as the X-Men have trained. This is not her first time seeing this. She's just playing with a doll and she is a target of this thing's desire. His attention. He is waiting for the right moment to lure her away and that occurs the X-Men there's a big commotion Wolverine knocks into Storm and Storm plummets from the sky 
and the team runs to her aid. Ileana is left on the other side of the room, alone. And this creature isn't there. He, he takes this opportunity, though. This creature takes this opportunity to call to Ileana. He, he says her name, and she turns to look back, seeing no one. She asks, did someone call me? The voice, it was I, little one, a friend. Come unto me, child. A grand and glorious destiny awaits you. She asks, as she's turned around completely now, but shouldn't I tell Peter? The voice, tell no one, Ileana. Just follow my voice to paradise. And Ileana does. She she follows the voice. She does as the voice tells her. Now, it's unclear if this is like telepathy, a mind call she only hears in her head, or if because she's so far away from the X-Men, she hears the voice they don't. That I'm not certain of, but they didn't hear it. And she she does. And and she does as, as a command. She she heads down a hallway and into this room. Kitty, on the meanwhile, she she looks back and notices Ileana's missing. She doesn't think anything of it. They're the only ones here. So she just goes after Ileana, doesn't need to tell the team. And she follows Ileana into this dark room. And Ileana's not there. Kitty's not sure she calls for Ileana. And all of a sudden, this port or portal, this bright yellow light opens beneath her and she's pulled away, just vanishes into thin air. Just a puff of smoke is left behind. The X-Men, meanwhile, they're finishing up training, getting cleaned up, getting organized, and Peter notices Kitty's been missing for a while and so is his sister and doesn't know where they're at. Wolverine begins tracking them using his senses, his his, uh, animal-like scent abilities and tracks them to that room that Kitty vanished in. And the entire team's with him, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Storm, and they each have this bright light beneath their feet, and they, poof, are gone. Uh, Meanwhile, Kitty awakes on the floor in Limbo. In Limbo, it is one of, like, four places that are all called Limbo. This is potentially Outer World. That, I think, is a retcon. This is the first use of Limbo, though, in Marvel Comics. Um, Blasco's the ruler here. He works for the Elder Gods. The Elder Gods are basically loosely based off of the Greek Greek mythology and um, Cthulhu mythos. They're not good. They're really bad, really evil. They want to destroy Earth. They want to destroy reality. Um, they're the first gods... And they're super evil. And Blasco, he's an evil demon sorcerer and ruler of Limbo. He's basically in prison there, and that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to escape, and he's trying to bring the Elder Gods into this reality. That's his whole purpose, his whole goal. And Ileana is a, a pawn in that, in this this game of his, this 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 tactic of his. She's just a tool to get what he wants. Um, now. Like I said, Ileana wakes on the floor. It's this creepy, like, decrepit, like, bony, structured castle that is is Demon's, uh, uh, De- Blasco's uh, palace. 
and it, it reminds me of like some of the structures we see in the alien movies that's what it calls to mind for me um and she's confronted by someone she thinks is her friend kurt it's it's kurt wagner uh nightcrawler and she goes to hug him but he he reaches out and tries to grab her chest and she's obviously aghast by this pushes him away and phases his hand goes right through through where her breast would be out coming out of her back and she doesn't understand what's going on and she runs from him tripping she falls face first to the ground and when she looks up she is confronted by Belasco he's sitting in a throne right before her and he is in fact the image of a devil he has two horns on his forehead his skin is all red his eyes are yellow he has a red garment and a red cape and it is adorned with yellow belt and like yellow jewelry he is the ruler here in limbo Meanwhile, Storm and Colossus are the next pair of X-Men we, we see. And they're together in Limbo, and they, they get separated, though. Peter falls into this, uh, this teleportation disc. Uh, they're called stepping discs, and they just appear randomly at times in Limbo. Certain powerful sorcerers like, sorcerers, uh, like Belasco can, can manifest them and... and bend them to his will but they're either fixed in place in certain locations they also just appear randomly so it's really easily just to get lost and they take you from dimension to dimension they take you in and throughout limbo um they they take you backwards and forwards in time so limbo doesn't really have a linear timeline that is matches that of Earth 616. It's very disjointed and it allows for time to pass differently in Limbo than it would on Earth, which is important to our story. Now, Peter, like I said, he gets separated, Colossus is separated, and Storm is grabbed by tentacles. She had put an armlet on, though, uh, and everything feels like she's very familiar with it like this doesn't feel out of place now when she's grabbed by the tentacles they start to pull her down and she's terrified obviously peter's gone and all of a sudden she manifests all the powers similar to what rogue might do right she gets armor skin that's similar to classes wolverine's claws and her powers and strength and she's able to break free of the tender ten tentacles and she's a, and she successfully escapes. Something obviously weird is going on here. So Storm, she's freed herself, and next we we see Belasco. He has imprisoned Kitty Pride in an eldritch crystal, and this will keep her from from causing problems. He he's familiar with all the X-Men and that evil weird nightcrawler that sex, sexually molested Kitty or attempted to is now harassing Ileana and Belasco will have none of it. And he shoes him away. He Belasco, he has the two 
beings he really wants, and he calls forth Sim, and Sim is this giant purple demon monster that is basically Blasco's right-hand man, and he is going to send Sim, this horned demon, to, to kill the X-Men. He's going to have him prevent the rescue of Kitty Pride and, and Ileana. Uh, he doesn't want them interfering. Now, Sim takes what we see on the floor is of, of this room. So we've, we've been inter- introduced to Nightcrawler, this evil version of Nightcrawler. And there's this skeleton with claws. It's a dead Wolverine. Um, so each one of these X-Men so far, we're, we're finding an alternate version of them. And we're going to come to find out that there's either an alternate group that had the same thing happen to them or a past, a future group that had this happen and they were not successful in escaping or rescuing. They rescued Ileana, but they couldn't get out themselves. And so they were all trapped here and either killed or brought under the will of Belasco. So that's why Nightcrawler is evil. Bla- he, get, he sold his soul to Blasco, and he was changed forever by that. Wolverine was killed, as was Colossus, and Storm, she became a sorceress, a very powerful sorceress, and she is super old now, this alternate version of Storm, and she is trying to stop Blasco. And so she is trying to help them. She helps Aurora... Uh, the, the new Storm, the younger Storm, who's just been brought to Limbo. She's trying to guide the, her and these other X-Men to help rescue Ileana and get them all out of Limbo, and thus trapping Belasco in Limbo forever. Now, as I said, Belasco has Kitty trapped. He pulls her skeleton from her body. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking he did to Wolverine, because Wolverine's this this other alternate version of Wolverine, he he probably pulled the skeleton from Wolverine's body using his m- magic powers, his sorcerer sorcerer abilities, and ripped the antimantium from it from it because those bones don't have antimantium on them. Irrelevant, really doesn't matter the story. It's it's an odd thing. I don't want to get bogged down in it. So Kitty can't phase because if she phases through the crystal. She won't have her skeleton. She will die. So she is encased in that crystal, stuck. And this leaves Bliss Blasco free to really focus on what is important to him, and that is corrupting Eliana. And he turns to Eliana and he says, Here, Eliana, a gift, a token of my love. The medallion is empty now, But when you have grown into a woman and learned in full measure the arts arcane, when at last all five bloodstones are in their proper place, you will ascend to a glorious destiny. And he he hands her the medallion that we saw him holding at the viewing pool. So we know Belasco was the one watching, obviously. And that medallion, that amulet, that... Lock it, whatever you want to call it, is going to be tied to Ileana from now until she de ages. 
So Storm and the rest of the X-Men prepare to confront um, Blasco. Nightcrawler defeats his evil version of himself. um, And Wolverine and Colossus fight Sim and uh, momentarily stop him. They all are taken to the throne room to confront Blasco. And the only thing that stops them from chasing Blasco once they've got him running, fleeing from them, is the old storm. She tells them that when when she was here last, when she came with her band, her band of X-Men and that al- their alternate, these, these alternate X-Men, they did exactly that. They chased Belasco and they were murdered, killed and defeated and stuck and trapped in limbo. It, they were able to get Ileana out, but the rest of them were trapped and were never able to free themselves. She doesn't want that to happen. And so she also helps get Kitty out of the crystal, returns her skeleton to Kitty so Kitty can phase through it again and get out. And she tells Storm, hey, keep the amulet that you have on your neck. It's, 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 it's ours. It's going to help you to create a stepping disc to teleport back to Earth. And I will hold the demons in Belasco at bay. And that's what they do. Storm, the old Storm, the alternate Storm, puts up a magic shield and is, you know, blasting and the de- holding the demons back. And young Storm, the, the, the Storm of the X-Men team that we know, she is creating the portal. And as she is doing this, just as they're about to, to teleport away, <clears throat> Blasco is able to get by the older Storm and grabs Ileana's arm and pulls her from Peter. Kitty Pride grabs her at the same time, and there's a tug-of-war, Blasco pulling on Ileana and Kitty pulling on Ileana. And they return to Earth, and the portal is closing, or just about to close. Kitty's reaching down, and she loses her grip on Ileana. So as I said, Kitty had lost the grip of Ileana. But all of a sudden she finds it. So it's been seconds, like literally a few seconds, and she has Ileana. Again, she pulls, and they free Ileana from Blasco's grip. And when they take stock, everything's calmed down. They look, and they see that Ileana is no longer the seven-year-old girl that she was just moments ago, just seconds ago, she is now 13-year-old. She's a 13-year-old girl, and all she wants is to to embrace her brother. She She's shocked to see the X-Men. Peter, is that really you? And they're in shock to see Ileana, but not the child that she was. Instead, a teenager. Um... When they try to figure out what to do, Peter's distraught. What is he going to tell his parents? They're like, yeah, you know, I get it. You're you're in shock a little bit, but think of her. What has she been through? Peter goes to her room, and she's shocked and startled. She jumps into his arm, and she is immediately playing the role of this innocent little snowflake again. She embraces her brother and talks nonstop until she falls asleep, and Peter watches over her. And that's the end 
of Magic miniseries. So, as I had said, Kitty Pride has lost her grip of Ileana. Belasco now has her, and time and space relate in limbo differently to their surroundings than they do on Earth 616, and that allows for seven years of Ileana's life to pass in a matter of moments. Blasco takes his prize to his throne room, and he is followed by the alternate Storm, the old version of Storm, and Storm confronts him, and, and he knows she would come. Storm is prepared to kill Ileana if she has to. She will do what it takes because she cannot let the Elder Gods get free. She cannot allow Belasco to free to roam the earth. This, this she has to prevent. And she takes a stand here, but she's not strong enough to fight Belasco. And Belasco's delighted. He tells us, Ileana is delightfully pure and unspoiled. Even Kitty Pride wasn't this innocent when he converted her, when he changed her. And that's what he does. He, he knows that Storm is no threat. She's old. She has no power. She doesn't have the strength that even she had when she was younger. He, he is not concerned with Storm. There's nothing she can do to stop him. And he begins. He lays Ileana down on a slab and he pulls her soul from her body or astral form. And like this is like the best. This this narration is wonderful here. <clears throat> Ileana talks about this experience. She talks about laughing inside as her body as she flies out of her body. She can't help herself. She's floating and she's free. And she thinks this is just absolutely wonderful as Belasco continues to like manipulate this astral form of hers. She's not afraid. His face looks scary, but you know, so is Nightcrawler's. And he's Nightcrawler's, her brother's friend. And Belasco, he told her that she loves, that he loved her. Like he can't be bad. He said so. And she hears Storm yelling to free her, to try to save Ileana. But Ileana's in no danger, she figures. Like, he cares about me. And he begins to change. He walks up to this astral form. He places his hand on her her face. His touch is gentle. And this is still the astral form. He begins to morph the face. It begins to age. It's getting, her form is getting bigger, getting older, but it's only her ghost form. It's not her real body. Her real body doesn't change. He laughs and she laughs too. And as this happens, her eyes grow red. She gets sharp fangs, her astral form does. And her body, her soul has been irrelevantly changed 
in Blasco's own image. He did this to Storm. He did this to Nightcrawler. He did this to Kitty Pride, And now he's doing it to his prize, Ileana. And he takes this astral form. He condenses it down into an energy ball. It's green and it floats and it's shining. It's glorious. He takes it. He crushes it in his hand. It becomes a red bloodstone. One of the five bloodstones. The first. He places it in the, into the, the, the locket at one of the points of the, of the pentagram. And he tells us that once it's in place, no power on earth can remove it. And one of the five bloodstones is now in place. He, he tells us, and when, at last, the circle is complete, the dimensional wall will burst and the altered gods will come forth. And the blast storm with an energy blast. She lies on the ground, ashamed. Blasco approaches her. And he is startled because the alternate version of Kitty Pride has arrived. She throws a shuriken, it slices his cheek. He flees as she she charges at him and, and she threatens to slice him down with the with her sword. But he, he teleports away and is gone. It leaves Storm and this version of Kitty Pride to take Ileana. They take her from from this altar and 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 take her to Storm's sanctuary in limbo. Upon returning to Storm's Sanctorum with Ileana, they put her in bed, Kitty and, and, and Storm, and the two of them discuss <clears throat> their next plan of action. And in this conversation, we learn through Kitty, uh, this alternate version of Kitty, more of what has occurred. She explains, in our history, Ileana was rescued while ex- the X-Men remained trapped in limbo. This time, the reverse occurred. For all we know, the whole process may repeat itself yet again. Limbo is a magical place where none of the normal rules of space and time apply. Anything is possible here. And what Kitty's doing is she's arguing they need to just kill Liliana. End her life, and, and that'll end the threat of Blasco leaving, uh, being able to leave limbo and 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 the threat of the elder gods coming into this plane of existence storm's not down with that she argues that if if they take iliana's life they will be no better than blasco and she wants to attempt to break the connection iliana has with blasco and so what she does is she uses her astral form to enter iliana's mind and she's just overwhelmed by the sheer wonderment and beauty and the innocence and just raw childlike emotions that exist in Ileana's brain, you know, mind. And this gives her hope. It gives her hope that maybe this connection, maybe it's not too late. Maybe Blasco's hold over Ileana is not that powerful and maybe she can sever this connection. But once she reads the inner core of Ileana's mind, 
she realizes it's, it's all but too late. She may be too late, and the transformation is, has taken place so quickly. And, and she's confronted there. Her astral form is confronted by the, the castle, the, the tower that is Belasco's palace in limbo. And Ileana, a, a demonic version of Ileana, resides there. And Storm tries to do battle with her, but Ileana is very quick and she uses a whip and begins strangling Storm. Storm tr- uses her sorcerer powers, sorceress powers, and, and changes the whip into flowers and is able to free herself. But, but she realizes that, that Belasco's hold over Ileana's extremely powerful, that the one single bloodstone has, has really brought her under his sway, that she is connected and there's really nothing that, that Storm can do to, to sever this connection. It is, it is done. It is, it is done at this point. And as Storm's laying there trying to recover from Ileana's attack, Ileana uses her sorceress abilities and demons rip up through the ground. They begin grabbing hold of Storm and she screams in her power. She's too exhausted. She has no strength to summon her sorcerer powers. And Ileana, as as these demons hold Storm tight, she comes to her and she begins to transform Storm into a demon. She tells her, you and I are very similar. We share the same fate. Belasco did to you what he's doing to me. You've been corrupted. Why hide your demonic side? Why hide that beauty? And and Ileana waves her hand over Storm's face, and sure enough, we begin to see horns poking up um, on Storm's forehead, and her teeth sharpen. She gets fangs. She is a monster. And and she doesn't deny that, that, but she was born a mutant, and the elements are still hers to command. And she whips up a tempest in Ileana's brain and, and her mind, and strikes at her with lightning. And and she she is able to extrude herself from Ileana's mind. And her and Kitty begin their conversation again. You know, obviously Storm was unable to break the the connection between Ileana and. Uh, because Ileana was so already so corrupted by Belasco, and and so Storm and Kitty begin talking more in her garden about what the next step is, and and Storm's like, well, the only thing I, we can do is I I'll take her on as an apprentice. I'll teach her to use magic and how to control this, and hopefully that will will prevent Belasco because it from from you know taking over Ileana from using her for his purposes because the other option is to just take her home but if if, if they take her back to earth now Blasco will use her as the connection to, to earth and, and that would free him from limbo and could create larger problems down the road when the elder gods finally enter into this realm they'd be able to enter into the earth reality of earth and that is not something that Storm is willing to, to sacrifice to allow to happen so she's going to try to train her to have her become the apprentice. And Kitty's very concerned. 
she points out, that's precisely what Blaska wants. The more she learns, the more valuable she'll become, the easier to corrupt. You'll be doing Blasco's work for him. And Storm's climbing out of a pool, she says, what alternative do I have, you know? And Kitty's quick. She she's ready to kill her. It's you know, I'm gonna kill her. That's that's the next thing we can do. We need to kill her because you know it's the only the only thing that will be certain that will work. And Storm pulls this dagger that Kitty had thrown into the tree when she said that and, and points out, you know, that makes us no difference than Belasco. We'd be the same. And Kitty's like, well, we already are. He's already corrupted us. You know, Storm's been corrupted. And he has turned Kitty Pride into a cat. He's changed her form. She looks like a cat now. She removes this mask from her face. And she tells them, she tells Storm as she's running out of her garden, jumping over a wall and running off. Before I allow another living soul, especially one I care for, to suffer such a fate, I'll see Ileana dead and you in hell. And and Storm is just beset by by sat, sor, sorrow at this. Her longtime friend and subtextual lover, you know, at least daughter-like uh, person in her life, possibly more there may be more romantic uh, things going on there you know she is not hearing Storm she's not willing to, to go Storm's route so the next day Ileana and Storm begin training in the arcane arts uh, as Storm's apprentice. And Storm and her go to the garden. They sit under this giant oak tree. And we find out that Storm created this oak tree. She formed an acorn using magics. And this whole garden is her her creation. And she uses allows nature and time to pass and for this all to grow up around it naturally. And they they use their uh, astral forms and leave their bodies and astrally project. And, and in this form, Ileana gets her lesson in arcane magics. And they see some corruption in some of the plants, are, you know, through their... as they're exploring the garden. And... It's it's corruption that is seeping in from limbo, which surrounds the, which surrounds her sanctuary, and limbo being fundamentally evil, it corrupts these things that Storm has created, and she casts a healing spell on it, and the plant seems to return to normal, and Ileana is just enamored with this. She wants to create a tree and have it grow up just like Storm's did. She wants to play in the garden using her magic too, and Storm isn't going to have this. And she explains to her, you know, that roughly at first, that that's not what they're here to do. That you know, by by forcing things to change, by doing things just, you know, bullheadedly and just giving in to like wild 
passions and your emotions and just creating to create and forcing things to change by will, that is Belasco's way. That is not the way that Ileana, that Storm wants Ileana to to operate because part of Ileana is partly already corrupted by Belasco and if she does those things, it only spreads that corruption. The only way to keep it in check is by by using by working with nature and by allowing things to happen gently and and to shape things very gently in harmony with nature not to to ride roughshod over them um because that that's only going to doom her that temptation exists and it'll only doom her to to fall into under Blasco's control it only further the consumption of her soul. So, you know, there's this dark energy in Ileana and in her body that, that Ileana can see as her astral form um, looks on her human body, you know, on her natural body. She sees the corruption within her. And Storm has that same corruption, but it's much larger. And that's where the lesson ends. And and we find out that Storm obviously has gone through pretty much what Ileana's gone through and that she's turned to her source for her powers because she's aged so much. What we also see is Storm's no longer. Her healing spell doesn't work. They, As they leave the garden, the, the plant that she tried to heal shrivels and dies. Um, now, they go back to bed. They go back to her, her, pa- her whatever, her home in the sanctuary garden and eat and then turn in for the night and they get a visitor as Ileana is dreaming and and what we find out too that during their time in the astral form before before they left the astral form while they were in astral projection form they'd spent a year one year so Ileana is a year older now than she was when they'd started training and like back to having turned in for the night uh, they do have an intruder and Storm wakes but she's attacked and knocked unconscious it's Cat Cat uh, takes Ileana with her and, and she offers her a chance to return home it's a, it has great risk and it could cost her life but if it works out she will be able to go home now rather than have to wait what Cat doesn't know is that Belasco's aware of this all. And he says, I, Cat, do that. Bring Eliana out of this terrible place and into the arms of her, those who, sh- who sh- love her. Your success will be my victory. And my victory will mean the dom- destruction and domination of the human race. So that ends issue number one of the miniseries, and we're jumping right into issue number two. So issue number two, it, it opens with Cat fighting this demon in another part of the limbo. Ileana's cowering in the corner, and there's stepping discs all over the place. Ileana strugg- uh, Cat struggles and is knocked back, and the beast chases Ileana. Cat warns Ileana to stay away from the stepping disc to stay out of the light don't you know don't fall in uh 
and Ileana is is knocked in by by another demon that swings at her. She falls into a stepping disc and the and she appears in the space. It's completely dark. Another disc opens on the floor beneath near her feet and she scrambles back up against the wall. She doesn't want to be afraid, but she's terrified. She thinks she's acting like a little girl and she's reaching to get a hold to stand up and she feels something. You know, she's wishing her brother was there with her. But, like I said, she feels this thing. She she turns around, someone strikes a match, and she sees it. Her brother's skeleton against the wall, mounted on the wall. She's horrified. She can't find her voice to scream. And as she turns, she hears laughter and turns. It's Sim. He's smoking this giant cigar, and he's mocking Ileana. He says, good day, sweetums. We were never formally or deduced. Sims work, Sims works for Lord Blasco. Big boy on the wall objected to Lord's plans for you. Sim had to teach him a lesson. Looks cute, eh? You know, and Ileana's just horrified by this. She wishes she was stronger. She wishes she was bigger. She wishes she could make him pay. And she knows that given time, she will be able to. She sees a stepping disc and she makes a run for it. And just as she's about to get to it, just as she's about to her goal, Sim grabs her by the hair. He lifts her up. And he's supposed to deliver her to Blasco, but he's willing to do whatever it takes. He'll rip her to arm from limb from limb. But and, and Blasco can put her back together. She won't be pretty anymore, but that's too bad. And he is interrupted as Cat attacks him, stabbing him in the tail. This buys them time. Cat takes Ileana and, and they phase through a wall and they're in a different place in limbo. It looks wild. There's animals hunting each other. It's like a desert. Cat kills a beast and the two of them sit down to eat. Ileana falls asleep, and the next day, Ileana and Cat begin training. Cat gives her this new uh, suit she made from the animal hide that she'd killed the day before. It's, it's very similar to Cat's, to except for it's lighter, it's brown. And the two of them begin training, running, and practicing swordsmanship. Ileana hates Cat. She's suffered and struggles through these trainings. She's outmatched at every turn. Cat's older, stronger, but they continue to train. And they do this for three years. Three years of their life, of Ileana's life, is spent training in combat, arts of combat. And finally, she's able, she's to a point that Cat thinks that that they have a chance. They're going to try to get her out, get her out of limbo now. And they they phase in they, they they phase into Belasco's castle, and they're confronted by this alternate version of Nightcrawler. Ileana confronts him, and he is you know teleporting to and from to and from, and at one moment he tele he teleports behind Ileana, and Cat phases his foot into the floor. His teleportation will no longer work, and she jams a sword through his heart. He was demonic. He's an altered demon form of the Nightcrawler, an alternate version that was tainted as well by 
Belasco, made into Belasco's own image. She, and and Kitty, uh, and Ileana knows Nightcrawler for who he is, the Nightcrawler she knows. And seeing Nightcrawler killed this way, and not having been able to kill him herself, and having Cat having had to do it for her, she just she she feels heartbroken and sad because she knows Nightcrawler for something, someone that was good. And and they decide that they're going to try to make their break at this point. She's going to take her through the dimensional barrier and pass her off to the X-Men. And that's what they do. Cat takes her through a portal and they and they see the X-Men at the at the other end of the portal. And and Cat pushes her to her alternate her to Cat who's still reaching into the portal, into the stepping disc. And and Cat passes Ileana up to her. Ileana's hand is grabbed. And Kat, Ileana says, Kitty, is that really you? And it's not. It's a trick. It was Belasco all along. He transforms into himself. He says, why, Ileana, you look so delightfully surprised. <laughs> and... The two of them, Kit, Kit, uh, Kat and Ileana, are kneeling before Belasco. Belasco says, Did you honestly believe I'd let you go so easily? And yet I couldn't help noticing a momentary surge of joy in you, child, when you saw it was me and not the X-Men. Your heart it seems, knows its true allegiance, even if your head denies me. Ileana says, liar, I'm nothing like you. I'll never be. Sim mocks Ileana. He points to Nightcrawler on the ground. They all tried to resist Belasco, and none had succeeded. They'd all been tainted and transformed. Cat has had enough. She lunges at Belasco. He waves his hand, and she stops dead in her tracks. He blasts her with the magic beam and turns her into a human cat, fur, her ears, whiskers, and all. Ileana cowers in the corner. She's scared. She wonders what he's going to do. Is he going to change her into a creature? Or does he have something more awful in store? Even as she is scared, she's excited. She wants to see him do more. She wants to help him. Aurora wouldn't let her play in the garden. But Belasco will. She said it was wrong, evil. Ileana knows it's right. I don't care, she thinks to herself. He tells her to approach and he gives her another gift for his apprentice. He tells her she knows what to do with it. Ileana knows there's magic in the blade and the and magic in her. She also realizes she's so close to Blasco. If she desired, if she decided, she should she could stab the knife into his black heart. 
They're standing that close. And, St- and Sim wouldn't be able to do anything to prevent it. Belasco smiles at her, daring her to try. She decides she's going to cut herself. She slices her wrist. Blood starts to run from the wound. She holds open the locket that he'd given her. She can hear cat munching, chewing, grinding in the nightcrawler's body on the floor behind her. Tears sting her eyes. Remembering how peaceful he looked. But she does what she needs to do. What Belasco wants her to do. She pops open the locket that he'd given her and drips blood into one of the places in the locket. He had created the first of the bloodstones and now she's creating the second. Once there are five, she will fulfill the grand, glorious destiny he had promised her. And now her locket contains two bloodstones. Storm is furious with Cat. Cat has played right into Belasco's hands. And now she is left with nothing but one, but one thing to do. She must destroy them to save the world and the souls on it. So begins issue three. Our very first page of this issue, we have Belasco, and he's standing behind Ileana, and Ileana, her face is contorted. She is taking almost a hateful pleasure in what she's doing. And we find out through her narration, I thrill, Ileana tells us, I thrill to Belasco's voice, his touch, his very presence. He is my lord and master, and I, his willing apprentice. Belasco tells her to show him what Ileana's learned, and Ileana does so. She casts a spell on a rabbit, and she transforms it using the black magic she now wields. Through her narration, we learn, If I work hard, he says I will become just like him. Part of me hungers for that day, but part of me still dreads it. And her conjuring of this rabbit, she transforms it into this monstrous beast, this little demon monster. And it leaps for her face, and it it actually slashes her face, or nearly slashes her face. And she slaps it away to the ground, and it scurries off, Cat, cat, if you remember, has been transformed into a cat. She runs around on all fours. She has a tail. She is a human embodiment of a cat. She leaps down on this little demon and, and devours it. She just, just just eats it alive. And what we're, what we're seeing is Belasco could have stopped this demon from lashing out at Ileana, but he chose to let it do so. He's testing Ileana. He wants her to be able to kill the things she cares for. We saw that she was unable to do that with Cat. She's unable to do that with this 
demonish little squirtle, as she calls it, this little beast she created. She was unable to do it with Nightcrawler. And she's going to have a chance to try to do this with Cat as well. Um, it's, it's a game of fear versus courage. Ileana's willingness or lack of willingness to strike down those she cares for. And that's what he's testing. She, she, to this point, as I have said, is unable to do that. And she ends up going to her room, but she's hotly pursued by Kat. Kat is chasing her up the stairs. Um, her, her lesson had ended, and, and Kat chases her up to her bedroom and phases through the door, and Ileana cowers on the bed. And Kat, I mean, Ileana's terrified of Kat. She she thinks that Kat will eat her, will, will devour her. And as she jumps up on the bed, Ileana's calling for Belasco to save her, to, to protect her, to, to, to prevent Kat from doing her harm. And as in between sobs, Kat kneels on the bed before Ileana. Ileana's cowered up against the wall, sobbing, and she hears Kat speak, try to speak. Ileana? And her eyes, a shadow of the woman she once was, begins to show through the face, through Kat's face. This this Ileana can't take. She throws a pillow at her, and Kat just slashes it with her cart with her with her claws Ileana then strikes at her with magic knocking her from the bed and Cat scurries out of the room Cat won't be back she she's never gonna come to Ileana in kindness again and what we find out is that Ileana was nine when Cat was transformed into this new form it's been two years since then. Now she's 11. We also discover that Ileana, she is connecting much more so with the Dark Ones than anyone probably had predicted. And, and they are beginning to see her as, as valuable or more valuable than Belasco. And this is dangerous for her. This darkness calls to her. It wants her. And it continues. I'll just read the way she describes it. As before, always before, I'd opened the door only a fraction and only during lessons. I can still feel the power, some within me, most with waiting beyond the gate where the dark ones dwell. It's alive, aware of me, as much a part of me as I've just made myself part of it. It welcomes me. It wants me to call on it again and again. I don't want to, but I will. Belasco didn't count on this. I bet that his dark gods would like me as much as him. If he finds out, he'll be angry. And this is where Ileana begins to hatch a plan. She knows that she's terribly precarious ground that she is in a position to challenge Belasco and if Belasco realizes that he may not put up with her anymore and her allies are becoming fewer and fewer Kat is no longer available to her and she hasn't seen Storm in years 
She doesn't really know where to turn, but she did learn something from Storm, and she casts a spell. She decides to cast a spell. She's going to practice magics. Now, if she if she were practicing the magic that Blasco used, it, it would be different than what we see here on the page. She she uses uh, she casts a spell and encircles herself with a pentagram. <clears throat> And this pentagram is silver. If it was Belasco's spell, it would be red. And she would have the tip of the pentagram to her back. Instead, she sits facing the, the primary tip of the pentagram. And this makes it a healing spell. And this pentagram, this enchanted circle, should protect her from harm if the spell were to go wrong. And so... What she does is try to, to mirror what <clears throat> Storm had done in her had done in her Sanctorum, which is create an acorn. Ileana tries to create an acorn. She begins a spell and reaches deep within her and pulls a, pulls a part of her out of herself and forms an acorn. She opens an eye. It bursts. It's just nothing but black slime and sludge. Her face betrays her shock and horror at this, and she falls, collapsing on the floor. She lays there, unconscious. She awakens to an astral projection of storm. They begin a discussion, and they talk about what to do next. She's Ileana's horrified and, and for asking for her forgiveness. She feels terrible about what has happened. She's really happy to see Storm. However, Ileana wants to strike back. She tells Storm she's been using the library, Blasco's library, to learn about <clears throat> the art, the mystic arts, in hopes that she'll find a spell that can defeat Belasco. Storm doesn't want her to do this. She she tells her no, that she won't have her do this. It's too dangerous. Um, it could cause... It, one, she could be changed like Cat. Like, her Cat's fate could be her own. And Ileana says, I will... And he, that's going to happen anyways, so it doesn't matter. Like, I have to do something. <clears throat> she has nothing to lose, is her opinion. And... Storm disagrees that she has more to lose than she realizes. She forbids her learning the, going up against Belasco and, and further accessing the library. And she has reasons for this. Ileana's furious. She's so angry with Aurora. She, she doesn't agree with Aurora's decision. She, she feels betrayed, really. And, and beginning to question whether maybe this whole thing with the storm astral projection was actually just a trap but set by Belasco. And, and she wants to continue, you know, going to the library, whether Storm wants her to or not. She thinks it's really her only option. She wishes she could teleport there because she's she's not able just to walk there. I mean, it's just too easily to, easy for her to be caught. Belasco or Sim or Kitty or Cat will, will catch her as she's walking around the hallways. So 
If she could just teleport there, like Nightcrawler, she thinks. And all of a sudden there's a circle of light on the ceiling. One of those stepping discs, those portals that we see around Limbo. They're, Belasco keeps them far away from the cathedral. He doesn't want them around. Ileana thinks to herself, I wish I could move it. I wish it was closer. And, and she moves it closer to the bed. It's on the wall next to the bed instead of the ceiling. She realizes that this is her. She's the one who made it. It was something from deep within her, not magic, but it was wholly from within her. her, her, her per- she created this. She's beginning to realize that this is her mutant ability. She's not sure... But she's beginning to question maybe she's been in limbo longer than she realizes. She shouldn't be able to manifest her ability at age 11. She hears a ruckus outside the door, though, and loses tr- in her panic, she loses track of the, the stepping disc. Her bed is all of a sudden teleported into the tunnels below limbo. She's exhilarated and excited. It's wonderful that now she can move around without being without fear of being caught by Belasco. She can come and go as she pleases. And in this moment, a wonderful thing happens. She's on this bed in the middle of this tunnel, thinking to herself, she's so excited, she's going to have to keep practicing, she thinks, to get to the library so she can continue her studies. And she lets out a scream as this little mini car, like this car, like smashes into the bed. And who should pile out as they ask for Stevie? It's it's the new mutants, Danny, Rain, Sam, and Stevie Hunter, and and Bobby, and they're they're all confused. They don't know what they're where they're at or what they're doing. Danny says, "Stevie, what happened to us? Where are we?" And then Roberto says to Sam, "Danny, Sam, that's Ileana." And Sam replies, "It can't be Bobby. She's too young." And as suddenly as they appeared, the automobile vanishes, and its occupants too. And Ileana doesn't know who they are. She's never met the New Mutants. She's still in X-Men 160. That Ileana's never met any of these, these, these students. So we're going to find out what that has to do with this story in the next issue of New Mutants that we'll be covering, which is New Mutants 14. So tune in next week for that. So... Is confused as by this as Ileana is, she can't delay. She can't afford to delay. She needs to to figure out what to do next. And so she summons another disc, and she hopes and prays. And sure enough, she ends up in the library. And she's ready to begin studying. She needs to, you know, make her brother proud. She's, you know, I never would have imagined it would be so easy. Oh, I wish my brother were here to see her success at porting into the library. Like, it was just something that she really wanted, and it happened. And her brother, she's probably right, would be extremely proud of her. And she goes to Belasco's tombs and begins studying, and a projection of storm says, Stop, Ileana, and she's knocked back with the gust of wind. And in this moment of probably shock and terror she manifests another stepping disc and she's ported somewhere new and it really stuns her i mean storm hit her hard and probably didn't mean to and she realizes when she comes to her senses that she is in uh, belasco's throne chamber she's in an overlooking get uh like 
gallery walkway thing above the throne room, she's able to look over the edge and she sees something she's shocked by. And it's a young, this is, she's been moved through time and space. And she's looking on a scene that happened long ago when Storm was much, much younger. And she is doing battle. She's engaged in battle with, with, uh, Belasco, Storm is striking at him with her elemental forces, lightning and wind. Belasco cowers backwards, uh, and Storm lets loose with the massive bolt of lightning, killing Belasco. His burnt, charred corpse lays on the ground beneath her feet, and she begins to transform. Roro gives him the mercy he deserved, only to get the fate she deserves for his murder. As before my eyes, she changes, becoming in every way, save that she is a woman and has two arms, the image the, of the monster, my loving lord. She's just slain. And Ileana's terrified and shocked and just really uncertain of what to do. She wants to look away, but she can't. She's just standing there, staring because she sees herself in Storm in this moment. And from behind Storm appears a familiar figure, Belasco. And he tells her that, it, of course, it wouldn't be that easy to kill him. Uh, he's the master of limbo. Whatever exists there does so by his will, at his, at my sufferance. It's his prison, but in this prison, he is immune to death, is what he tells her. And her lightning wasn't going to kill him. And by doing this, he has corrupted the strongest, willed, most noble of the X-Men. And her rage and hate, her lust for blood and for revenge, proved herself no better than the creature she fought. It's, it's so similar to, like, the dark side in Star Wars, right? Like, if you strike me down, you'll become... He'll take my place. That whole idea of Darth Vader and just... Uh, right? Like, this... If you fight with hate, you, you become what you hate. It is... It's beautiful. And that's, that's what it's carrying forward here. That's the story we're seeing. Ileana just cannot watch this anymore and she teleports away and she's ab on the battlements above uh, the castle and she's attacked by Sim here and he's gonna take her to Belasco Belasco's upset, doesn't want to be looking for her, he's in a really bad mood Ileana we find out has been punished once by Sim and she swore never again I'd, that she'd die first that kind of statement makes me wonder what kind of punishment this was um, I think we can all guess what I'm thinking. I mean, was it sexual assault? That's that's where my head goes. And and maybe it's because I'm reading this in the time of the Me Too movement. Um, you know, but that's kind of the place that my head goes. I mean, who knows? I mean, this was written in the 80s. I know there are a lot of stories of, you know, don't get in cars with, with, uh, with strangers. You know, I was told that all the time in the 80s by my parents. It was something we talked about in school all the time. You know, there's always stories of, of creepy people coming up in vans offering kids candy to get in their vehicles like that was a really popular uh whether it was true or not it was really something that I heard quite a bit and like that fear informed this story 
to a certain degree, right? We have this little girl that's kidnapped, taken away, and, you know, whether there's any sexual predatory stuff going on here or not, I mean, it definitely lends itself to that. So that may be what happened here. Anyways, Ileana does defend herself. She's not going to be taken by Sim. She blasts him in the face with a flare spell, blinding him. He trips over his own feet into a stepping disc that she creates, and he's teleported away. And she hopes it's far, far away. Now, there's a storm raging at this point outside of uh, Blasco's Cathedral. And... There's lightning strikes, and there's a giant hole in the side of the building. And Ileana knows that there's only one person that could create this. She didn't need the storm to realize that other, you know, it is storm. And Ileana runs inside. She, she knows that Storm is making a play to try to take out Belasco. And Ileana wants to save Storm. She doesn't want Storm to die. And so she tries to, to port her and uh, herself and Storm out into the storm's sanctorum, the garden, where they'll be safe. She she launches a disc, she misses, her, her stepping disc misses, and this shock and surprise startles storm, she loses her concentration and she is slashed in the back by Cat. Yuliana runs at Cat, telling her to get away, leave her alone. She swings a a, a torch at Cat and Cat cowers backwards and Blasco's having none of it, telling Ileana that, you know, Cat was just doing his will, and she, and he'll take no more defiance from her, and hopes that Cat will teach her a few a lesson in respect. Cat lunges at Ileana, and Ileana dra- dives out of the way. Cat uh, swats her, uh, and and Ileana knows that those claws did damage because she's seen Cat cut through rocks with those claws. Ileana leaps on the back of Cat and wrestles her and thinks of the time when Cat had killed a saber-tooth tiger in the last issue and done it with just a dagger. And Ileana knows that this is her moment. She's got to kill her best friend. And she, she straddles her on the back. She takes her head and, and snaps her neck. She kills her best friend. And she feels numb. She doesn't feel anything, not adulation, not grief. She doesn't care. And she's fearful. She has become more like Blasco than she wants to admit. She goes to Aurora, who lays on the ground. She's dying. And she, a Storm tells Ileana that she's done what she had to do. And that she shouldn't weep or mourn. She's actually freed her friend. She, by killing Cat. she's freed her soul from the bondage. And that this key to the victory for Ileana, it's within our heart. The soul. <clears throat> the Cat and Storm couldn't find it, but she, she's hopeful that Ileana would. And, and, and she wants her, Ileana to be glad for Storm because Storm's going to join the people she loves the most. And Belasco comes to the two of them. And, you know, she, he mocks Storm, who lies there dying on the floor in Ileana's arms, saying, you put too much faith in Ileana. It's really quite touching. I cannot let you go without demonstrating beyond all shadow of a doubt how flawed and corrupt a vessel she has become under my tutelage. You were a superb pupil, Aurora. In many ways, my equal, but my dark child far outstrips you 
Behold, he tele he, he with a wave of his hand. There's a flash at Ileana's breast. Eldritch fire consumes cl- clothes, but not skin, and it reveals Blasco's medallion. Two bloodstones are in place of the five that are are available. When the circle is complete, she'll become the gate through which Belasco's uh, masters, the elder gods, will will come through. And Belasco talks about how he corrupted Storm Soul so long ago, but that he'd underestimate her because she stole it back from him and no one had ever done that before. She is the first to have actually successfully broken his hold. It's a feat that is worthy of a reward, he says. First, Ileana, you and I will conjure the third bloodstone. Then, Aurora, we will strip your soul from your body while you still live and offer it to those I serve, the Dark Ones, as a sacrifice. Death will not be your freedom, harlot, but your eternal damnation. He stands victorious over the fallen storm, and Ileana looks up at her lord and master. Issue number four, entitled Dark Child, starts with Sim and Blasco and his demon horde standing, hovering behind Ileana, who is knelt, holding Storm, who is dying in her arms. And Belasco, he wants, he wants to humiliate and punish Storm and wants Ileana to help him in this. He says to Ileana, such a fine line between love and hate. Isn't it my little snowflake? You've not quite decided which to choose. Splendid. Some of your soul still remains to be corrupted. She wants to spare Storm. He, she begs she'll do anything, she says. You will anyways to prove you are beyond bound more to me than her. First, Ileana, you will conjure the third bloodstone of your medallion and then use the power to strip Aurora's soul from her while she still lives to offer it in sacrifice to my dread masters, the Dark One. Ones. You like that, don't you? She does very much and they've both both Storm and Ileana he points out have been corrupted by him and both been tainted and her innocence her humanity has been lost forever look he points to Ileana look at Aurora's face she she wants she earns for this as much yearns for this just as much as Ileana wants it. 
You must and you mustn't disappoint her. And he hands her a blade. She's supposed to create the bloodstone as she'd done before. And she she tries so hard to keep from speaking the ritual in her mind, but she can't. And in this moment, she looks down at Storm's face and Storm's smiling up at her. And it's that smile, the understanding in Storm's eyes, that Ileana finds the strength to do to to stand up to Belasco. And she takes that dagger that that Belasco had given her, the magic blade that she had used to cut herself before. And she plunges that instead of into herself, into Storm, killing Storm. Blasco screams no, and Storm, in her death throes, releases all of her mutant abilities. She's lightning bolts crack down at the cathedral, destroying it, sending the roof collapsing down around them, killing demons all over around all around Belasco. He is unharmed, unfortunately. Liliana, in this moment, uses this moment and as a in this distraction to summon a stepping disc when she ports her and storm away she takes them to storm's garden her sanctuary and she buries storm there and as she mourns for for storm in in the garden it begins to fade storm's death brings death to the garden storm isn't there to keep it alive and Belasco quickly overwhelms it storm rises from the dead it's a it's a bla- an aberration created by 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 Belasco and and she assaults Ileana Ileana ports away again and this time she's confronted by her brother Piotr who is another aberration of Belasco he assaults her and she flees again all she can do is run and she runs somewhere new and she and she desperately just wants to be somewhere safe and 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 she ports herself home she sees her house she's in in russia she goes to the door she knocks she's so excited her mother answers and she says she hears her daughter but her daughter is no longer her daughter it's somebody she thinks paint playing a trick on her because her daughter is so much younger this can't be her, and they slam the door in Ileana's face. Ileana is alone and collapses to her knees on the ground. She's surrendered completely. She's again salt assaulted by Belasco. Who knows if she even left limbo? And she's rendered unconscious. She awakens to being slapped in the face by Belasco. She's held by this demon, demonic, uh, creation uh, Colossus, her brother and Belasco tells him to stretch her. He does so and she screams until her voice cracks and he he this time, Belasco's going to create the bloodstone. He's not going to have Ileana do it. He will not stand for failure. He blasts her with magic and he pulls a part of Ileana out through her eyes she wants to fight, and I want just to give in. She wants to give in just as much. There's part of me that will always answer his call, that wants the demonic power he offers. With each bloodstone crematory, or bloodstone ceremony, that part grows. The stones are formed of my essence and will 
And once all five, like I've said before, are in place in her medallion, she will become the portal through which, the gate which the elder gods will enter this dimension to seize the control for themselves. Belasco now has three of her bloodstones in place. There are only two spots remaining. Ileana is weak at this point. She's held. She's restrained. She has nothing she can do against Belasco. And he wants to teach her a lesson. He tears the amulet from her neck. And he tells her that he's going to prevent her from being able to teleport. He's not going to let her have anything. And she will have to survive in the wilds of Limbo. And he will call on her when he decides. And if she asks kindly for his forgiveness, he just may forgive her. But she will have to earn it. And he leaves her there. He ports away and those demons all dissipate into nothing. And the ghouls crumble into dust, leaving Ileana alone in the wilds. It is cold and the storm blows. She's in the husk of Storm's garden, her, her house, her shelter has been, Storm's shelter has been destroyed and leveled. It's nothing but rubble. The garden is all but dead. It's a snowstorm, a blizzard that rakes the ground. Ileana's cold and, and doesn't know what to do. A gust of wind catches her and throws her into the giant oak. She slides down. And she realizes that it's centuries old. It's grown from an acorn, which itself was created by the first spell Aurora successfully cast after escape from Belasco. The acorn was life, pure and simple, unmarred by Limbo's primal corruption. And even though Aurora's dead, it's, this oak is so strong that it's able to withstand Belasco. It will have to die naturally, worn down by the elements that once nurtured it. It's the only way it'll perish. And here is where Ileana takes shelter. And it is here where she decides she is going to work on being able to create life similarly to the way that Aurora has done it. And she creates her pentagram of silver light, and she creates an acorn. And just as before, it bursts, and it's black slime. And Ileana stays here, and I don't know how many times she tries this spell, but numerous times, at least three times it's shown where she does the same spell over and over. And each time she's drawing strengths from this oak tree. It's her shelter. It's her, you know, it's, it's where she is nurtured. It's the only thing that is left of anyone that she cared about. And she continually practices each time drawing more and more and each time failing and finally it's no use try as I can with all my might I cannot create life as Aurora did Belasco evil Blasco's evil is too deeply ingrained too much a part of me I will never be rid of it Ileana's depressed she feels defeated and all of a sudden the oak tree, the thing that she's been taking shelter and that she's been drawing strength from, is collapses. It has made the supreme effort and the tree the supreme sacrifice. And it was all for naught. As she watches this tree, this giant oak, crumble to dust. Ileana is just 
distraught, overwhelmed. It's more than she can bear, and she begins smashing into the ground in rage. She beats at the ground. And then she thinks. Aurora, she mastered the spell of creation, her way of becoming once once more the woman she was of reaffirming belief. She held dear, dearer than her life. So, you know, that's how she reclaimed herself was through the this creation, this ability to create life. And Ileana's trying to figure out, like, how can she get her vengeance? If Aurora used her her abilities to create life for its own sake, and Ileana's trying to Ileana is you know, is trying to solve this mystery, you know, like it wasn't enough for Aurora when when she was you know, she wasn't out for vengeance because she tried that and failed, right? She had been corrupted when she went for vengeance. She turned more like Belasco. She was brought completely under his thrall. She fought back and took back her life through creating life because of its just for the fact of creating life. It wasn't in, in an act of vengeance. For Ileana, she saw it as a means to end the utter destruction of her tormentor. And maybe that's the answer. Not a metaphorical weapon as Aurora saw it, but a real thing. So like Ileana's thinking maybe instead of trying to like create life and just metaphorically standing up to Belasco, like not really as a as combatant, maybe she could create something that would be a physical weapon, something she could assault Belasco with. So she uses what's left of the, the oak tree that power the oak tree gave her and what she has left remaining and she casts her pentagram and places the the top of the pentagram to the back we've not seen her do this it's similar to what Belasco does so she has altered her positioning in the pentagram in this panel and I think that's a big piece and she creates the ball of energy she reaches up into it and she an image comes to mind that of a sword and she pulls the soul sword from this energy pulse it pulsates with magical energy and she is eager to challenge Belasco now she wishes she had thought of the sooner because it was so easy and she ports to where she knows Belasco is in his library and she interrupts his cameo in Kazar 29. He's preparing to fight Kazar and <clears throat> Sheena the She-Devil. <clears throat> um, because they're, they're the big reason why he is stuck here. And she challenges him now. He, he, she shatters the stone replicas of his enemies and is ready to to face down he blasts energy at her and she deflects it with the soul sword he's stronger and more powerful but she can teleport and in a blink of an eye she teleports behind him 
He calls for an annoyance and he calls for Sim. He will not engage in combat with her. And Sim charges out. Oh, the brats come calling. My, my, doesn't she look tough? And he is ready to rip into her and she slashes him across the chest. And he crumples to the floor. And he Blasco moves behind his desk to defend himself and Ileana just chops it in half with her soul sword destroying the arcane books he's irritated and angry yelling at her that she's destroyed eons and eons of knowledge it's all irreplaceable and she tells him they were evil just as you and therefore don't deserve to exist and besides she has read all the books over the years and the learning hasn't been lost. It's merely been passed from one demon mage to another. And in these panels, we see Ileana shifting from this innocent-looking girl to this demon, demonic face with slanted white eyes, red horns and sharp fangs, red skin. And in the same moment as this is occurring, Belasco is becoming more human-like. His skin is changing to the uh, you know, white and his horns are receding into his forehead and his teeth are, are flattening. He's fading. His powers are, are de- de- degrading as well. Ileana presses her attack. He deflects another one of her tail, her, 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 her swings and he's terrified. It's the first time she's seen fear in his fit, in his face and, and she is in just overwhelmed with just rage and bloodlust at this point. She charges at him. He notices a tail and and he begins calling out what he sees. She slaps the sword out of his hand. Why don't you appeal to your masters? This is what she tells him. Why don't you appeal to your masters for aid, wizard? Surely they wouldn't have abandoned one who served them so well. Couldn't it be they don't like you anymore, Belasco, or that they like me better? And she grabs him with the tail around the neck. He is ready for the final blow. She raises the blade above her head. And in this moment, she realizes that she cares. She thought that her innocence had been lost. She had been completely corrupted by Velasco. That killing him would mean nothing. But she was wrong. As she stands holding the blade in both hands... She feels the horns on her head as he had and realizes she has become just like him. And this is not what she wants. The inner voices, though, shriek at her to just strike him down, to take his place. That's what what should be done. This is what needs to happen. And she wonders if that's the same. If this is the same that Bel- thing that Aurora had faced when she, when she had challenged Belasco and struck him down and was completely overwhelmed and corrupted. The voices continue to cry out, "Strike, Ileana! Cry, my demon voices! Be one with us forever!" She responds with a very weak, subtle no. And Belasco calls her a fool in this moment. And it was just the soft denial of those voices that silenced them. And she feels oddly at peace. 
She has the power to kill, but no longer the desire. Her soul sword has been forged in part from the twin fires of grief and rage. This is what Claremont writes. The violence of those emotions have overwhelmed me with an insane bloodlust that sent me hurtling down the same road Aurora followed to her damnation. And Belasco taunts her. You renounce your heritage? She tells him no. She embraces it. And he tells her power was in within her grasp. And she says the, the price is just too high. She's not willing to pay that price. He calls her pitiful, pathetic, and a weakling. She says, don't get cocky. You know, you're alive because I let you be alive. And... She basically has defeated him. You know, he, you know, she could have struck him down, but he, she bested him, even if she didn't kill him. And and he, he's not obviously happy. He thinks she's a coward, um, and is able to use his arcane magic to to port away. He he leaves, and she shouldn't be. She was caught off guard guard by his escape, and. She really thought that she'd stripped him of his powers, but she, she obviously hadn't. And she reverts back to her human form. She's won, but she doesn't feel like she really has. She feels sad. You know, so many of her friends have been killed, and it's been seven years, and she thinks about staying. She thinks about staying here and creating limbo in an image that is like that of like Storm, but she doesn't you know, as tempting as that is, you know, returning to Earth means that she'll probably have to face face Belasco and and fight him. And who would win that rematch? But she she wants to be around people she cares about. She doesn't want to stay in limbo, and she's not gonna. She she wants to return home. And she realizes there's three medallions and that she is corrupted and that, like, there's no way that this is ever going to be broken. And the, she has the, the medallion to, to always remind her of this. She doesn't want to go home, but she does not want to stay either. It's been seven years since she came to Limbo and only a matter of seconds for the X-Men. And she goes to the to the overlook that her and Kitty had gone to in issue two and she casts her her stepping disc and is able to port to the moment when Kitty was reaching into the stepping to the portal and trying to pull Ileana free and she pulls and pulls and they pull Ileana free only to find that it is and Ileana that has aged seven years. And that's going to lead to some problems, and it's hard for Peter to overcome that, but he does. And that was when Ileana was pulled back to Earth by the after having aged seven years, when she was pulled back uh, 
in X-Men 161 uh, or 160, this issue takes a place in issue or a year after that. So it's been one year. So um, she returned with Xavier to and the X-Men to the Xavier school and she tried to put her past behind her, but she can't deny who or what she is and how she came to be. She she wants to remember the people that gave their lives, that suffered and died um, so that she could, she could survive. And she wants to be worthy of their sacrifice. And, like, this is a pretty uplifting moment. Like, she's going to end up going on and joining joining the new mutants you know and she's going to have some stuff to overcome like this corruption like this is going to be a thing that dogs her she's never going to quite fit in she's always going to be this person kind of out of place right and she doesn't she's she's a you know 7 year old girl in a 14 year old girl's body and she does learn how to handle that and she does adapt but like she she never quite fits and will always struggle and she always is casting she's always playing the role of what others expect her to be so like for her brother she's an innocent little snowflake and for her friends she's something else and for Xavier she's something else and for Kitty she's something else and she's constantly filling in roles but really who and what Ilion is very, if any, people really know what that is. Very few people, I think Kitty will be the first to find out what happened to Ileana in Limbo. And and it's not something she wants to talk about. It's a very traumatic experience, and it's what defines her going forward. And it's something her character will never be free of, as we see as the story of the New Mutants unfolds. Um, it's a stunningly beautiful story. Um, in, in horrific ways. If if horrific stories can be beautiful, this story is that. Um, as I said, throughout, there are, there are moments where there's hinting at potential um, physical molestation and maybe physical sexual violence that occurs um, for Ileana's character and potentially for the others, uh, women that are stuck in limbo. It's it's un it's it would be off panel and it's stuff we definitely don't see, um, and again like it may be through the lens of the Me Too movement and time and place. Maybe it's not meant to be that. If it is probably likely what uh, Claremont is is dancing around, um, it it wouldn't shock me at all. He has he's a writer that has had no problem with like. Um, you know having female characters that had love interests with other female characters stuff that we may not have seen directly on panel like you know with huge flags pointing to you know like images showing us this is happening but definitely overt um, subtextual nods to it and we kind of get that here with the physical violence um and sexual violence that occurs uh towards Ileana's character and and possibly Storm and Kitty um they possibly all suffered that same fate um from Belisco and uh and uh Sim and it, it, this story just fits 
currently it really has renewed meaning for me uh in this time and place um but it, it's it's a good story it's it's a it's a really it's worth the read if you haven't read it it's well written the art's great we have Sal Buscema um John Buscema doing art for the book um <clears throat> but yeah it's it's a it's a really it's a good read and you know I think it's super fitting for a Halloween special you've got a hell dimension and a and a couple demons running around so you know if there's stuff I missed I'm sorry I really just tried to clam five issues um into a single episode and and I wanted to do that as quickly as possible conveying as much of the more horrific portions I did condense issue number two quite a bit um and tried to leave out stuff that was less relevant to the story um but I hope you liked it I really enjoyed reviewing this uh reading this and I'm glad we could get it done on one episode. Um, and next week we'll return with The New Mutants and issue number uh, 14. So I hope to see you all then because our uh, Russian snowflake little demon princess uh, teleporter is going to be joining The New Mutants. So it will be a cracking good time. James Explores the New Mutants is, as always, recorded in Iowa City, Iowa, and is produced by myself using the Anchor app. New episodes are published every Wednesday and can be found wherever podcasts are available. You can reach the podcast on Twitter at Explore New Mutant via email at explorethenewmutants at gmail.com. Visual companions to the episodes are available on Facebook and Instagram by searching James Explores the New Mutants. You can also contact the podcast via the Anchor Messenger. It allows you to record comments, questions, and have them sent directly to me. I can then play them directly in the episodes. It's an awesome, awesome way for you listeners to become involved, and I love, love answering questions on the air. So until next week, when we dive into issue number 14, episode 16, keep reading those comics.